Good morning, folks. Um, welcome to the 33rd episode of this uh, Lenten meditation uh, on this beautiful morning, at least where I am. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a very bad chest, so I will endeavor not to cough and splutter, but apologies if I do. So today the title is What is Life and What is Death? Um, And it's from Wondrous Encounters, Scripture for Lent, which was written by Richard Raw. Our scripture, there's only one today, it's John 11, 1 to 45, and it goes about the, when Jesus raised Lazarus. So it's really quite a wonderful uh, passage to um, look deeper at because there are many double meanings and as I read just keep in mind that this these events happened just before um, Jesus was crucified probably a week 10 days at the most um, before Jesus was crucified and you see vignettes of his um, coming crucifixion in these words if you listen uh, meaningfully so I will start the reading humans are the only creatures who have knowledge of their own death its awareness creeps up on us as we get older all other animals plants and the cycles of nature themselves seem to live out and surrender to the pattern of mortality This places humans in a state of anxiety and insecurity from our early years. We know on some level that whatever this is that we are living with, living, will not last. Excuse me. This changes everything, probably more than we realize consciously. So our little bit of consciousness makes us choose to be unconscious. It hurts too much to think about it. On this last Sunday, before uh, Palm Sunday, we dared to look at the last enemy, which is death. And the only way we can dare to part the curtain and view death is to be told about our resurrection from it. Yet I assume we all know that Lazarus did eventually die. Maybe 10 years later, maybe even 20, but it did happen, we assume. What then is the point of this last dramatic sign before Jesus' own journey towards death? An important clue is given right before the action, when the disciples try to discourage Jesus from going back to Judea, where he is in in danger. And Jesus calmly says, Are there not 12 hours in the day when a person can walk without stumbling, when he sees the world bathed in light? Jesus refuses to fear darkness and death. Quickly, he adds, our friend Lazarus is sleeping. I am going to wake him. That's from John 11, 9 to 11. Those who would draw upon the 12 hours who see the world bathed in light now have begun to see the pattern. As it is often the case with wise people, they let nature nurture them. Yet the 
Yet the hours of darkness will come, a metaphor for death, but now we know that it will not last. It is only a part, but not the whole of life, just as the day itself is 12 hours and night is the other 12, two sides of the one mystery of life. Jesus' job is simply to wake us up to this, as he did Lazarus and the onlookers. Once you are awake to the universal truth, then physical death is no enemy to be feared. Do you believe this, he says in 11.26. And then in a final brilliant finale to the story, he invites the onlookers to join him in making resurrection happen. Move the stone away. That should ring bells for you. Unbind him and let him go free. It seems that we have a part to play in creating a culture of life and resurrection. We must unbind one another from our fears and doubts about the last enemy, death. We must now see that the world is bathed in light and allow others to enjoy the same scene, although our see sorry, and allow others to enjoy the same scene through our lived life. The stone to be moved is always our fear of death, the finality of death, any blindness that comes that keeps us from seeing that death is merely a part of the larger mystery called life. It does not have the final word. And then the extract from uh, the reading, <coughs> which you will find all these verses in John 11. The sleep is not to end in death, but instead to reveal the glory of God. With a sigh that came straight from the heart, he cried out in a loud voice, Move the stone away. Lazarus, come forth. Now you unbind him and let him go free. Okay, so I don't know if any of you saw um, any of the double meanings but this whole passage and this whole event was actually um, groomed to be a kind of uh, uh, early picture of the, the death of Christ and, and the reassurance that he would rise as Lazarus did. <clears throat> Remember also that... Um, Somewhere in the story, I think it was a couple of weeks before or so, um, when Jesus went to have dinner at Lazarus's house, and Mary, and we think it was Mary Magdalene, actually bathed his feet in expensive uh, perfume, um, and uh, Judas picked them out for doing that but Jesus response to Judas was that um, she's brought out this special oil so that she can anoint my body in my death um, a very direct reference to the nearness of his 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 death and resurrection so this whole uh, story of Lazarus the events that happen in his home um, 
his sisters, Mary and Martha, are, is all kind of reminiscence of the passion of Christ, of Jesus' death. So let me just go back to the beginning and start picking out things. Um, so what uh, Richard is trying to, to tell us here is that um, humans seem to be um, different in the way that we look at death. Animals and other parts of God's creation, they seem to engage in this cycle of life and death very, very easily. Um, yeah, they don't, uh, you might say because they can't think, I don't know. But what he's saying is that, you know, they just go through this cycle. They, uh, a plant is, is, a seed is planted, a plant emerges, it gives its fruit and then it dies off. That natural, natural um, cycle of life. But as humans, we seem to have this fear and as I am getting older now, I actually can relate to that, or I, I try very hard not to get anxious about death. And um, so, yeah, we don't treat death as a natural occurrence in life. And the reason why we don't treat death as a, as a natural occurrence in life is because we don't see the light. We don't understand death as a simple part of life. It, we, we often see it as the end. Because it's the end of our worldly life, if we have not walked with Christ, then we do not know that what? If we, know, if we haven't walked with Christ, then we believe that death is the end of the world. I mean, there is no other thing we could possibly be thinking. But if we walk with Christ, and there's a lot here in this passage about light and darkness. And remember, the light is the light of God, and the darkness is evil, it's sin. Okay, so we need to wake up from the darkness and see the light of Christ and relax about death because it's actually a gift. It's a gift of eternal salvation. We're just going to be in another form, in another place. Um, if you think of those words that I mentioned during my reading, I uh, said, uh, take note of that or something to that effect. I said, uh, Jesus said, roll the stone away. Now, when Mary Magdalene and all the other Marys went to the tomb on the, the you know the three de the day after the crucifixion. There was also that phrase, "Roll the stone away." They rolled the stone away, okay, and uh, they saw that Jesus was gone. Now imagine inside the cave as being very dark, and as they roll the stone away, and I think some somewhere the, in the passage. I think it's in the actual Bible reading, you have this, this, this stone, this huge rock being um, the equivalent of sin. So we're going to roll the sin away. The light is going to go into the cave and fill it. And uh, so there's this lovely picture, a metaphor 
for us walking away from death into the light of God. And I think that's really, really beautiful. <coughs> okay, so let me just see before I end off uh, if there's anything else. There, just, just to uh, pick up for you again, you know, Jesus, the, the disciples, there's this passage here, the disciples try to stop um, Jesus from going back to Judea to see Lazarus um, because he's being uh, there. The soldiers are looking for him there. And he says to them, are there not 12 hours in the day? when a person can walk without stumbling. And he refuses to fear darkness and, and death. Okay. So he uses this metaphor of day and night to um, depict the light and the darkness. And he is not afraid of the dark because he walks with the light of Christ. So the hours of darkness come as a metaphor for death, but we know it won't last. <clears throat> um, okay, then he, Richard goes on to telling us how um, the onlookers are with, that are with Jesus when he goes to um, raise Lazarus, who's been in the tomb a few days, um, he's been in the darkness, and he says to them, let us take part in his resurrection, or he says, he, or he, sorry, he doesn't say that, but he, he join, asks them to join him in, in taking part in the resurrection, um, metaphysically, okay? He says, unbind him, they open, they roll the stone away, the light goes in, and there they see Lazarus dressed in his grave clothes, and he gets up and walks out into the light. So his death is over, and he has walked into the light of Christ. So this is a metaphor. Yes, Lazarus did eventually die, and he did eventually do the real um, move from this world into God's world, and into eternal salvation. But this passage here is using it as a metaphor. Um, and he says, we see now that the world is bathed in light and we must allow others to enjoy the same scene. So here is the crux of the matter. We as followers of Christ have a responsibility to share this incredible story, this incredible gift of eternal salvation. People who uh, get bad news of death, people who um, have been living with a terminal disease and they are near the end, those kinds of situations you will often find people are very, very anxious because they don't know what's, they don't know what's going to happen when they die. Are they just going to cease to exist and then what does their life mean um, or or what 
So it is the, in that kind of situation where we are able to share with them the story of this wonderful gift from God and even use this passage to show them how Jesus illustrated uh, without any doubt that death is not the end of life, that life is much bigger than that little section that we have on earth. And that is very comforting to people who are afraid of death. It's very comforting and very often you will see that they will relax, they will experience relief. Um, and it's a wonderful uh, ministry to share with people who are, who are actually facing death and they are anxious and they don't know Christ. So there again in this time of Lent, which is very quickly drawing to a, a close, we need to ask ourselves, are we in the light? Or are we sitting in a dark cave and refusing to come out and understand the way that life in Christ works? So we need to reflect at Lent a little bit on that. I'll read the reading again and then I'll finish with the starter prayer. So the reading from John 11, 1 to 45. This sleep is not to end in death, but it is instead to reveal the glory of God. Now, if you read in John, you will see that John says that Jesus' death, the reason for Jesus' death was to reveal the glory of God. Okay, and he says the same thing here in the Lazarus passage. So I'll start again. This sleep is not to end in death, but instead to reveal the glory of God. With a sigh that came straight from the heart, he cried out in a loud voice, Roll the stone away, Lazarus, come forth. Now you unbind him and let him go free. So, I mean, just in those few verses that, he, that Richard has chosen from John 11, 1 to 45, this whole reality, this whole truth about death as a very, very small part of life and certainly as not an end, but as a beginning of our life in Christ is absolutely encapsulated in that little passage. So I suggest to you go and read John 11, 1 to 45. John 11, 1 to 45. And you'll see very clearly how this passage and the things that Jesus says and does actually is telling people of his death in a very short time and his resurrection. Your starter prayer, good God. The creator of light and darkness, you move the sun and the stars, move us into the place of light, a light so large that it would absorb all the darkness. In other words, all the darkness of the world. And I ask you again, encourage you to actually meditate on that starter prayer and make some notes or just reflect on it in your mind. I always like to make notes because it sits with me longer if I write it down. 
And so I leave you and say, reflect in this Lenten time on the wonderful gift of resurrection and be ready on Easter Sunday, which I think is a week, not even two weeks away. Are you ready to receive God's gift of eternal salvation when you witness his resurrection to the glory of God on Easter Sunday? God bless you.